Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good morning and welcome to another college football Saturday. And welcome to Respect My Decision. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Uh, last week was a lot of fun. It was uh, a little bit challenging, if I'm being honest with myself, to sit here and chat uh, alone for close to 40, 45 minutes. But we're back for another episode, and uh, we got a couple guests lined up. Uh, full disclosure, on my behalf, I'm learning as we go using uh, all of this wonderful technology and uh, bringing you some guests to join me here to talk recruiting. Uh, so we are going to uh, first have... A good friend of mine, Neil McCready, the publisher at rebelgrove.com, covering all Ole Miss sports. Uh, Ole Miss has a big game today, taking on Alabama. The game was pushed back to 6.30 p.m. Central Daylight Time on ESPN. Should be a big one. Um, we're going to talk with Neil a little bit about the challenges that Ole Miss has been facing and kind of how they can turn those challenges into – uh, a recruiting pitch and giving potential college athletes a giving them an avenue like, hey, this is what we need. We, we, we need you here. You see that guy not making that play? Well, we can have you here to make that play. So we're going to have Neil on later on. You're going to have National Recruiting Director of Rivals.com, Mike Farrell, to join me. And uh, we're going to talk even more about college football recruiting and how COVID-19 has affected everything and kind of where he, as a, I guess I should say, a business owner of a of a place that evaluates recruits, how are they handling this this wild year? So, uh, without further ado, we're going to bring in Neil McCready here. We're going to talk some some recruiting and, and kind of uh, what a recruiting pitch sounds like from a place like Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin and uh, his staff. So. Bringing Neil on. Neil, good morning. Good morning, Zach. How are you? No, not not terrible. You know, I have to tell you this, Zach. You, you need to know this. You're talking to uh, somebody who is just minutes removed from really sort of testing death. Just yeah. staring death straight in the eye. Uh-oh. What happened? Well, I went, I went to get donuts for uh, my daughters and their friends and Carson. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this, but there's a hurricane outside. And I walked through a parking lot in a hurricane without a mask in a parking lot. Okay. And for about 45 seconds. For about 45 seconds, I tested I tested fate. I stared straight into the eye. It came out. So how's how's the weather there? Uh it's 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 if you've ever been on the periphery of a tropical storm, you you lived this. It's it's windy. It's very windy. Um, yeah, it's, it's wet. It's not pouring down rain or anything. It's just kind of wet. Uh, leaves everywhere. Right. Yeah, I don't think it's ever going to get terribly bad here. It's just going to be that misty light rain that's just going to essentially just be all day. So. Um, yeah, but I, I don't want to complain. I don't want to complain too much because it is definitely worse other places, and we hope everyone is staying safe. Um, but, Neil, we we didn't bring you on to talk weather. We're going we're gonna to talk some recruiting here. Okay. Uh, so you're quite familiar with this topic and and uh, 
what Ole Miss, since you cover Ole Miss, what, what, what they're dealing with this season with the obvious challenges defensively, the offense is through two games has, has been pretty good. They haven't really faced too much adversity there, but defensively, I feel like they have an opportunity to really uh, sell the opportunity to come there. So Ole Miss, other programs do that all the time. What, what do you think that that sounds like from a, from a coaching staff? Yeah. So, you know, as you know, this is Lane Kiffin's first year on the staff. He got hired in December, December the 7th, I think. And so they did that deal where they did the wild scramble to assemble a first, a first class, which is, you know, it's too late in December to do much. So they got that done. And then I think they started laying the groundwork for what was going to be a, a big, splashy sort of a recruiting year. I think they were going, I don't think it, I know it. They were going to use the spring as a um, massive recruiting tool. They were going to bring a lot of kids to campus. They were going to bring them to practices. They were going to show them the practice and say, hey, look, obviously we don't have the talent in this, this, this spot, this spot. But watch what we're doing schematically. We're going to attack. We're going to run pro-style offense, pro-style defense. We're going to get you hashtag pro mindset. We're going to get you ready for the NFL. You can come here and play right away in the best league in the country. You can play right away. You can be a building block of something special, et cetera, et cetera. And they were convinced that was going to work. Ole Miss had a, uh, a nationally ranked, highly nationally ranked baseball team. They were getting big crowds. They were going to have big games. They were going to take the kids, the, the football prospects, out to a baseball game for an inning or two and say, look at the fan support, uh, all the fans that are here in town, et cetera, et cetera. They were going to get kids excited. Then they were going to bring them back in the summer, and they were going to have some recruiting kind of activities and stuff. They were going to have some big days, and and they were going to really get a lot of preseason momentum from a recruiting standpoint. And then COVID hit. And when COVID hit, a dead period hit that we're still in the midst of. So all of a sudden, there is no spring practice. You can't bring kids to campus. You can't go see kids. There is no summer. There's no the big, whatever they were going to call it, you know, big recruiting extravaganza, whatever you were going to come up with. Those didn't happen. Those didn't happen. You know, the cookout or the whatever. That didn't happen. And so now you still can't go see them in person, and they can't come see you in person. And so what they're doing is they realize that these 10 games, today's the third, they play Alabama, as you mentioned tonight, these are opportunities to recruit. You can get in touch with the kid and say, hey, look at number 27. Mm -hmm. That's you. Except, frankly, between us, we like 27. And I'm just using 27 as an example. I don't even know who that is. I just made it up. Um, we like 27, nice kid, nice person, good dude, works hard. We probably would not have signed him. We would sign you. We would put you where 27 is. And instead of losing today, we would have won. We're going to get guys to play with you. We're going to surround you with pro NFL type talent. And that's what we're going to do. And if you look at what they've put on the field so far in two games, a loss to Florida, an overtime win over Kentucky, if you look at what they've done, they've attacked offensively. They've spread the field. They've spread the ball around. I mean, Elijah Moore has 20 catches, I think, but other people have caught the ball too. Dontario Drummond uh, had, a, had a really good game in the first game. Um, Kenny Yaboa, and then most recently Jonathan Mingo. They've, they've passed the ball around. They've used a couple of running backs in, in various ways. Matt Corral, the quarterback, has just been terrific through two games. But it's been an attack offense. It's running. They're running pro style. They're doing stuff that you see on Sunday. And defensively, they're trying to do the same thing. They're running a lot of 3-4 base, a lot of 4-3 base. Uh, they're doing stuff that the NFL does, bringing in nickel, bringing in dime, running a lot of NFL stuff. They just don't have many NFL players. And so they're using the, they're using the games to do exactly what I said. Hey, look. On offense, it's, hey, look what we're going to do. We're going to go. We're going to score. It's going to be exciting. We're going to have fun. Look at this. And on defense, it's, so you want to play early in the SEC? Because we think you're an SEC player. You can play here. You might have to wait a year, two years, at Alabama, at Georgia, at Auburn, at Florida, Tennessee. You won't wait here. You're on the field. 
Yeah, I was going to say it's almost like using every game day as, you know, a quote unquote official visit to where you're talking to each recruit. Like you said, hey, watch, watch this guy, watch this number, watch this position. This is so instead of having them sitting there with you watching film, telling them, all right, this is how we plan on using you. Now, instead of sitting in a film room and someone just sitting there with a cowboy remote going back and forth, you're seeing it live on a, you know, on Saturday in a game. So I think that it's a little more, uh, I think it hits a little bit harder for the kid to actually watch a position and to see, okay, like that's what they want me to do. Okay. I do that on Fridays too. Okay. That's a perfect fit. Um, so I think that that's a, that's an interesting way to, to look at it. And I, I think that that's, I think you're exactly right where it's, they definitely talk to the kids as much as they can on the phone, text, all that. They, they're still doing that, but it's, you know, Hey, keep an eye on what we're doing this, this Saturday. I mean, Alabama's a big, absolutely watch our game. In right. fact, they're doing that. Hey, all yeah. eyes on us. In other words, hey, watch us. I know you've already been to Alabama. You've been to Tennessee. You haven't been here and that's not our fault. We're going to get you here as soon as we can, but watch us today. Watch yeah, us. Right, and I think that that's something that they're they're going to do uh, this weekend, tonight, when Ole Miss takes on Alabama. It's two of the, uh, right now, through two games, the two most efficient offenses in terms of quarterback play. Um, and I think that that's something offensively and defensively. Because you know they're going to struggle. Mac Jones, weather permitting, is going to have a big day. Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Najee Harris, that whole offense is going to be churning, but it's hey, we're, we're gonna have our we're gonna have our struggles. Alabama's gonna score a lot, but watch this position, and that's what you can fix that. That's kind of the the message. Yeah, and then the other thing that they're doing is that they're making sure that the games look fun. Uh on the sidelines, Ole Miss is having fun. You know, yeah. you can't generate that. It, it has to be real. But that's what they're doing. Hey, let's have fun. Let's make it look fun. Look how much fun we had. Imagine how much more, more fun it's going to be when we win. You can be a part of winning. You can be a part of what we're doing. We're not just taking guys. We're, you're it's stuff like that. It's and and listen. Is it going to work? I don't know. That's part of the fun of this, right? Is that you, you don't know whether it's going to work. It's not. There's no guarantee. Uh, the other teams aren't going to roll over and go. Oh well, you know, it, let's let let's let Lane Kiffin recruit whoever he wants, and and it'll be a cool story. No, I mean they're going after the same guys, and getting those guys, especially early, is very hard. And and they're trying to do it. I mean they're going after, you know, some uh, some high level players. They've turned a lot of their attention already to the twenty two class. They've turned some of their attention to the twenty three class. This is, you know, the the plan was for the 21 class to be a giant splash, a national signing day story. Look what Lane Kiffin is doing at Ole Miss. It's not going to happen this year probably, Zach. I mean, I guess it's conceivable that it could, but I'd bet against it, right, that they're going to go sign some top 10 class at Ole Miss this year in a pandemic amidst a dead period. I'd bet against it. You know, If you want to bet on it, you bet on it. I'll bet against it. So they've had to push that back to the 22 class. So I think what they're doing this year is they're laying the groundwork for this is how we're going to do this. We are going to be selective. We're not going to just take guys to take guys. We're going to keep powder dry, if you will. Um, if we can't get the guys, we're going to hang on to the scholarships. We can use them later. We can use them in different ways. Lane Kippen talks a lot about almost an NFL style of roster building where you have recruiting, which is the draft. Mm-hmm. You have free agency, which is the, the grad transfer market. And you've got the transfer market. They've got scholarships they can use even if a kid has to sit a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, they have a, a lot of different ways to get guys. And I think this year that you're going to see them be pretty diversified. And assuming that we get past this pandemic and and I, I don't even like the term new normal. I'm, I, I hate that word. So I, back to what we used to be, I think you'll see them attack the 22 class the way they plan to attack the 21 class. And frankly, it might end up working better because now you will actually have a product that you can sell. And assuming you can bring kids in for spring and stuff like that, you'll be able to to get more of a jump start towards momentum. I expect this to be a big spring and summer upcoming for Ole Miss, assuming 
that the dead period's over. And listen, you can talk to Mike about this. I'll actually be curious to hear what he says. If the dead period extends into the spring and into next summer, this is going to become problematic for a lot of people. From an evaluation standpoint, even the big boys who've been way ahead, as we're going to see one of those in, in town tonight, even the Alabamas that are way ahead, if they have a two-year period where they can't evaluate on their campus, yeah, it's a, it, you're going to have a lot of recruiting misses. Yeah, I was going to say that's that's the biggest, uh, I think, a, a huge hindrance for a lot of staffs because now Alabama is – is a little bit different in, in this aspect to where they have uh, a huge staff. They have a ton of analysts that can help. Um, now that's kind of become the new trend in college football where you've got a lot of analysts that do a lot of that grunt work, but not everybody has that and not everybody can evaluate as good as Alabama or, but even, but even Alabama, Zach, even Alabama with all of their analysts and all of their technology and everything else, they yeah. still, they still like to be able to bring kids to camp. Like Mac Jones is an example. Mm -hmm. They liked Mac Jones. But the call got made to Mac Jones. I was reading the story, I think, in The Athletic. Uh, Aaron Suttles wrote it. It was really well done. The, the call was to um, his, his mom. Hey, Mac really needs to come to our camp this weekend. Mm -hmm. They liked him. But he came to the camp. They scrambled. Their family did to get him to Tuscaloosa. He impressed. He got an offer right there. You still, as a as a coaching staff, even at a place like Alabama, even at um, Georgia, wherever, like you said, mm -hmm. huge. You still want that in person evaluation. But sometimes, and you know this, sometimes you get a guy that some of the people on the staff like. Some people on the staff are like I'm not sure. Or, yeah. you know, we like everything about him. His film's good, but I, I'd like to really – we'd like to make sure he's the right size. We'd like to put him on our clock. We'd like to time him. And if you can't do all that stuff, and you can't right now, it gets really hard to make great evaluations. And for all, everybody, everybody talks about Alabama and how many people they have. At the end of the day, so much of their success has been – their ability to get kids to campus to evaluate them on their own and make decisions about who is and who is not going to project as an elite college player. Right. And, and I think a lot of times, not even, not even football related. I think they want to get kids on campus for an in-person evaluation just to see if they're a, and I hate using this term, but it's true culture fit. Um, see what kind of person they are, what kind of personality the kids got. Yeah. Um, see if they mesh well with what they're doing, because, you know, I mean, they're teenagers and everybody was a knucklehead in high school. And you want to bring a kid in and make sure, OK, he can play football, but can he stay out of trouble here for three years, yeah. four years? And yeah, so that's a Lane Kiffin has talked about this. He goes, you know, we're about to sign a class that we don't know them and they yeah. don't know us. Well, that's yeah. hard. I mean, look, I have a, a daughter who's a sophomore in, in, in college. And I have a, another daughter who is a senior in high school. And I can tell you that it's very difficult to make a college decision. Just because these people are college athletes, it doesn't mean that they're not people. They're, they're, they're just like the other kids who just don't jump high and run fast. It's very hard to make a college decision when you can't have in-person interaction, when you can't go to that place and look at it. You know, I've talked about this my daughter, Campbell, you know, we went to Louisiana Tech, we went to Arkansas, we went to Auburn, we went to Oklahoma, and she'd been to Ole Miss, obviously, living here in Oxford. It wasn't until she got to some of those campuses that making a college decision for her was easy. And for her, it was the right decision. So, you know, that's the other thing. You don't want to bring a bunch of kids. You don't want to sign a bunch of kids who you don't really know and they don't really know you. And you right. get them to the campus, and two months in, they're not happy, and now you've got all those problems to deal with. You want kids who want to be at your place, and you want kids that you know and that know you, and you've gotten a chance to meet their families and some of those things because you're going to have issues, and you have to have some relationships beyond you know beyond just the football coach player relationship. You got to have some relationships to get through some of those things that happen throughout the course of a season. Yeah, and, and I'm not a I'm not a college coach, never been one. 
Uh, we can ask Mike about this when he joins here in a moment. Uh, I think a lot of it is as when you're recruiting someone, the first thing you want to do is, is get to know them as a person and get to know them on a personal level. Because like I said, kid can really play ball, but he's just a, you know, just a little bit of a butthead maybe. Maybe he's not a good fit. And I think that that's another part of the in-person evaluation of you can't – sometimes you can't get all that on Zoom. You can't get all that on FaceTime or text. It's it's all about the relationship building. And we talk about that a lot where I think that's the biggest part of recruiting is where's the best relationship. Well, um, you know, you talk to these kids. A lot of times you'll say, what was it about Missouri that you liked? What was it about Iowa that you liked? What was it about, you know, Utah that you liked? And you always get some sort of a semblance of an answer of it felt like home. I just mm-hmm. like the way it felt. Yeah. You know, and so when the kids don't get to take those visits and they don't get that, that's to me, that's the, the punitive part of this dead period is the coaches are making a ton of money. They'll figure it out. Yeah. I, I kind of feel for the kids a little bit. They don't get to take those visits and that feeling come over them the way it did for, for my daughter when she went to Arkansas. I mean, she knew 30 minutes into that visit that this is, this might be the place for me by the end of that one day. It was, I want to come back here by the end of the second trip that we took. It was over. It was where she wanted to go. She loved it. And, and kids aren't getting that opportunity. And I kind of, I kind of hate that. I hate that for, for kids who aren't athletes, but, and, and kids who are too. I just, that's one of the, I, you know, not to get all political on it, but when people talk about the victims of, of, of the pandemic and stuff, the, the inability to make an educated college decision for, for both students and student athletes to me is, is, is a shame. Yeah. And that's something that I've always said, you know, covering recruiting is if it was me, I'd take all five of my visits. I'd go have fun and I'd go and give everybody a fair shot just to see, cause you don't know until you, until you go and they're, they're not allowed to do that right now. So you need to um, take it too. You know, you want to be able to compare something. And so, yeah, you know, now absolutely. they can't do that. And, and so coaches are having to take kids without proper evaluations and kids are having to take universities without being able to evaluate. And that's, I mean, you've talked to these kids I mean, there's, there's some kids who are committing to Ole Miss, for example, that have either never been to Oxford or they've only been once. They've not really met these coaches in person. I mean, they might have a relationship with one coach on the staff, but not with every coach on this. It's, it's, it's beyond mm-hmm. anything. You're going to talk to Mike in a minute, and he's covered recruiting exponentially more than I have. But I'm sure it's weird. I mean, just around the country, kids having to make decisions in ways that they've, they've not made them before. I had this conversation with Kermit Davis, the Ole Miss basketball coach, not too long ago when we were talking about recruiting and he said, you know, when, when you do recruiting exclusively on Zoom, it's a different deal. It is completely different than anything, you know, he's ever done. And he's a guy that was a longtime assistant at LSU and and uh, was a former head coach at Texas A&M. And then he was the head coach at Middle Tennessee for, what, 16 years or something. And now he's at Ole Miss. And all of a sudden, man, you you and your staff, you're, you're recruiting in ways that you've never done it before. And it's it's uh, it's been a system shot for sure. Well, Neil, I got your, I got your handy dandy uh, Twitter handle here on the screen. If you want to uh, give a little, give a little shout out to uh, where the folks can can find your work and where they can follow along if they're interested in seeing what Lane Kiffin and company have uh, cooking and recruiting. Yeah, it's uh, rebelgrove.com. It's part of the Rivals Network, and um, you can follow us on our YouTube page at uh, Rebel Grove, and I think it's at Ole Miss Sports. Is that right, Zach? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, go to our YouTube page. We'll be we have a pregame show today starting at 4.30 Central. We'll go up until the game. We'll have a watch party with you uh, during the game, and then we'll have our postgame show. Hand raise, guys. We'll be on till I don't know, 1 a.m. or so tonight probably. And we'll have content from Ole Miss and Alabama that gets started at 6.30 Central. Um, so we'll have, we'll have content, and we'll have content throughout the week as uh, Ole Miss turns the page from Alabama and starts getting ready for next Saturday's trip to Arkansas. All right, Neil, my man, I appreciate it. Thank you for, uh, for helping me uh, with, this, with this new technology. How does that feel? You're helping a, a youngster with some technology. You know, it's 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 really my middle name is uh, helping with technology, and and so that's what I try to do. I, I, I as a technological guru that I have become, I, I just I feel like it's my way of giving back. 
Well, I, I appreciate it, Neil. Well, have, right. have, a, have a good day and, and uh, enjoy the live stream. Good luck with your show. See you, man. All right, that was Neil McCready of rebelgrove.com, part of the Rivals Network. So hell of a, a segue here going from Neil, part of Rivals, and now we are going to, uh, I should say, Mr. Rivals. Mike Farrell at Rivals Mike on Twitter is now here in the stream. Mike, good morning. How are you? Good. How you doing? You know, I can't complain. Um, probably need a little bit more coffee, but we're doing all right. Um, so uh, there's... <laughs> There's really no way to uh, to kind of get into this conversation. Uh, you can't really dip your toe in the water at all. It's we, we just might as well just jump head first right into this. I, how difficult has this just ridiculously convoluted cycle been for what you do at Rivals? Uh, it, it's been a, you know, more of an adjustment for the coaches than it is for us. Um, obviously we do a lot of our interviews through Twitter DM or text message or phone calls. And so we're used to uh, a lot of conversations and we're really not relationship building. I, I mean, we are to an extent where we want the kids to pick up the phone when we call them to see what's going on. Um, you know, and, and we're not covering visits, which is very new and then that's never happened um so since march we've had to adapt a little bit but it's it's a world of difference from what the coaches have to deal with um because recruiting is all about relationships and we all know the best way to establish a relationship with someone is to is to do that face to face and they can't do that there was no spring evaluation period there was no summer camps there was there's just been no opportunity um to get face to face with these kids so a lot of your due diligence is done behind the scenes uh, through coaches and, and, and uh, you know, coaches that have coached against the kids to see what type of character he has and all that stuff. But, you know, there's something about that, that handshake and look at a kid in the eyes that is missing. And I think that's what's going to be very, very confusing to a lot of kids in this, in this class. What do you think is, has been the, we, we were just talking about it before you jumped on about using in-game kind of using a game as an official visit where you're telling recruits during the week hey this is what we're doing you need to watch this guy on saturday you need to watch this position that's what we want to use you as do you i mean i, th I feel like that's what everyone is doing right now because they can't have official visits they can't bring them in for an actual film session to show them what they want to do uh what else do you think coaches are getting creative with for a uh, quote-unquote official visit since they can't have them you know they, they can send them cut-ups of plays and things like that that they see you know you'd be perfect for this and this is what Ely does in this situation and you could be the next guy there or, you know this is this is the progressions you know that we see for corral and blah 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 it's not the same as sitting in a film room with a kid and, and building that bond um there's not the level of excitement they may not even watch it that's the other part. I mean, when you got them on campus, you bring them in the film room, they're watching it. Yeah. Um, you know, you could send it to them and they'll be like, you know, eh, I, don't, don't, I don't know if I want to. And, and there's so much competition for games to be watched. Um, you know, I think the one good part about it for coaches, coaches don't like hosting official visits on, on game weekends because mm -hmm. it's a lot of juggling. But that's what they have recruiting staff for. Um, you know, and the atmospheres are not anything like what we expect you know we, we expect so that's that's the difficult part too so there's really no way to get around that um creativity i, I know that you know there have been a lot of uh, zoom calls but that's not creative um you know with entire staffs uh for kids and um you know it's it's the graphics guy is much more important than ever because we can send out that <laughs> graphic yeah. for the loves and things like that and um constant communication is the key here um and that's always been the case anyways so i, I really don't see anything super creative uh short of the virtual visits which that's not going to tell you anything um right. you know they're just doing the best they can in this situation everybody's waiting for visits to be approved i don't think it's going to happen um anytime soon and i think you're going to see a lot of kids in classes that have never visited the school or don't have a relationship with the coaches and the transfer portal is just going to explode in a couple of years. So that's a, 
That's a professional segue there, Mike. I was going to ask you pertaining to the dead period. So it's all the way through January, 2021. Now, do you, does anyone give, give you and, and the folks at rivals any kind of insight on that at all? Or is it just kind of a, Hey, we're just, we're just, you know, flying by the seat of our pants here and kind of making decisions as we go. It's kind of pushed the can down the road. Um, you know, kick the rock down the street type of thing. It's like, we'll see where we are. Okay. We're dead periods, December to December 31st, you know, they'll make a decision probably right around uh, early December to make a decision on the next two months, whether they're going to extend the second uh, signing period. Uh, All of that stuff is being thought about, but everything changes on a daily basis. Um, You know, they thought about, for a second, a split second, having kids being able to take official visits. But, you know, keeping kids safe and, and free of COVID on your own campus is hard enough to bring someone in from Texas that you have no idea who he, he's been in contact with for the last seven days and um, yeah. and then testing him. What if you test him on campus and then he's quarantined in a, in a state that he doesn't live in? It's just, logistically, it's not going to happen. So my my guess on this is there's going to be the early signing period in December. 85% of the kids will still sign. <laughs> Remainder will not. Um, they might extend the second signing period beyond February. Uh, not that it matters anyways. You don't have to sign in February if you don't right. want. Um, but maybe just into April and then hopefully try to get a few official visits for these kids. Um, the problem they have there is the kids in December have signed and have not had the the luxury of official visits. So then they're going to have to address that. Let's say in February, they open it up for two months of official visits. Well, you're going to have kids that sign that say, I want that. I didn't have that opportunity during my recruitment. What right. are you going to do? So it's a mess. Um, but the way they're handling it is just sort of day to day and see what happens out there in the world. And a lot of times it's follow the leader, but nobody, there's no leader. Nobody knows what's going on, what's going to happen. Um, I'm just glad we have football because that would have been ridiculous and, and, and foolish because yeah, it's, it's getting ugly. You know, there's, there's programs canceling activities and we see the NFL struggling here and there too, but they were going to wash the whole season away. And that would have been disastrous because there would have been no spring season because you can't play in the spring and then turn around in the fall. Uh, there would have been no recruiting visits. We would have just been sitting around staring at our walls doing nothing. So I'm glad they're playing. And at least the kids have something they could see and say, hey, maybe I do fit in that offense. Maybe I can be the next Elijah Moore. You know, I, I'm just glad that that's happened. So talking about visits, and I, I've seen a ton of high-profile names that have said, well, I'm going to wait to see if I can get my get my visits in. Um, I know just this week, uh, big time national name, Taiwan Malone out of uh, New Jersey. That was kind of the thing that he said where he has a final six and he was like, I'm going to try to wait and see if I can visit. Now he's, he's unofficially gone uh, to Ole Miss and a couple other places, but there's a couple schools in his top six that he's never been to. So um, I feel like that's probably the norm for the higher rate, the top 50, top 30, top 20 guys. Um, do you see in any situation, any scenario where someone is highly rated as him or someone else? Now, I know that they're they're doing these, uh, I guess they call them like recruiting summits where the recruits themselves go places. So say a guy like Mason Smith or Corey Foreman or somebody, do you anticipate – anybody of that caliber committing or signing somewhere where they've never been? Yeah, I do. I mean, Mario Williams, the five-star wide receiver out of Florida, committed to Oklahoma. Uh, he's never been there. And I, wouldn't surprise me at all if he signs in December. Um, yeah. Evan Pryor, big-time running back out of North Carolina, is committed to Ohio State. Never been on campus. Family's never seen it. Wouldn't surprise me at all if he signed. Um, now, again, some of these guys, I think, you know, prior could decide at the end, I want to sign in December, but you know what? I'm uncomfortable going to a school I've never seen. Maybe I'll go to North Carolina where I've been a hundred times. 
you know, you, you could get guys like Mario Williams, who's familiar with sort of Georgia and some of the local schools that were recruiting him and, and, and the Florida schools who changed his mind and said, you know what, I'll stay closer to home because of COVID. Um, but right now, those guys plan on signing with the schools that they've never seen before. And I don't think they're going to wait. I think what you're going to see also is a lot of kids that go through the process and just enroll. They don't sign at all. So let's say they move the signing period to April, first Wednesday in April, or let's say they first Wednesday of February. There's going to be a lot of guys that don't sign, a lot of guys that just wait it out, maybe try to get on their own uh, on an on-campus visit and just show up in June like Zach Evans and yeah. button the seat you know, or an online virtual class, which is officially enrollment, and make their decision that way. I think you're going to see more Zach Evans this year than you've ever seen before, but not because of Zach Evans' issues. His was just too many people pulling him in different directions. This kids who just can't make a great decision that early because of the lack of visits. I mentioned the recruiting summit or kind of whatever they're calling it. I think that um, that's something that probably see a little bit more of. I think that's almost putting more emphasis on having that one big name in your class that's committed to gather other big names. Yep. Um, do you anticipate seeing more and more of that? I know that the I mentioned Corey Foreman and Mason Smith. That's the I feel like that's the package deal. Uh, you know, that's the the big thing this year is you know oh they're a package deal. Where are they going? Um, I, I think that that's something that we're going to see a lot more. Do you? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Foreman visited Georgia on his own at one of the uh, summits. Ed Mason Smith was there as well. Um, then you had Oklahoma. Uh, I think they did theirs first with Caleb Williams, the quarterback from Maryland, leading the charge and, and getting a bunch mm-hmm. of visit there. Um, LSU complained about the summits and then turned around and did their own <laughs> later, which was hilarious. <laughs> and they had Corey Foreman and and Mason Smith and Corey just visited um, <clears throat> USC and Corey Foreman is the number one player in the country. So what he does kind of everybody looks at. Um, I know uh, it, October 24th, uh, there's sort of be, you know, trying to gather a summit for Ohio State. Uh, some kids have mentioned to me that there's going to be some sort of unofficial official visit. I mean, this is the thing about it. Obviously, coaches can't have contact with these kids, not just from a recruiting standpoint, but from a pandemic standpoint. Um, Could you imagine if a kid showed up on campus and and ended up getting COVID from a coach or or a player when they're not even supposed to have any contact with them on these summit visits? That would be disastrous for a program and obviously for the kid and, and everybody involved. So they're on their own, you know, and this is a rough 2021 class has gotten it worse than anybody else um, in the history of recruiting that I can remember. Uh, But there will be more of these and everybody has to try to find that leader in your class. Usually it's your quarterback, but if you don't have a quarterback in a class, it's your biggest rated recruit or your big name guy Mm -hmm. or a guy from an area where there's a bunch of kids interested in your school that gets that together. And that's, that's what the coaches are saying. Hey, you know, you're, you're our top guy. Get everybody else who's interested and, and put one of these summits together. But it's not easy to do because how do you pay for it? Yeah. Not everybody has money on these visits. So it's just it's going to be an interesting recruiting year. These rankings are going to be weird. Uh, this is the least evaluation we've had of any kids um, probably since Rivals started back in the day when we were just doing VHS tapes and there were just one camps. I think Nike camps existed and we had one all-star game. Um, nowadays, you know, it's the same thing. We're just basing things on film. We got guys on the road who are out there filming games and such, but mm-hmm. we missed the whole spring pretty much the whole summer. And I don't know if these all-star games are going to happen either. So this is going to be an interesting ranking class, interesting transfer class. Uh, and I think you just do the best you can and judgment on these classes will be, as usual, but you got to hold it in reserve a little bit. Like right now, Ole Miss is at the bottom of the SEC. We don't know what's going to happen with these kids. I mean, some of these kids like DeMarco Williams from Atlanta could be much better than we think. And we just haven't been able to see them enough. So a lot of surprises in this class, which I guess I'm looking forward to. Yeah. And I was going to ask, 
you, you talking about the evaluation, how difficult it's been because you guys basically pretty much everything that you, you know, planned for, for 2020 with camps and all that it's completely washed out. But, you know, somebody like Keon Coleman uh, just decommitted from Kansas and he has just really blown up the last week and a half getting some big time power five offers it is for someone like him that I think he's probably around 5.7, three yeah. star. And that's the big, uh, we talk about that a lot with, you got to find those 5.7s to round out your class. Is it essentially all, all you have is game film, right? In case you want to do any kind of reevaluation or, or re-ranking, is that all you have? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Um, you know, when he's getting offers, he's a, he's a track kid and he's a speedster, you know, so, as you know, Texas just offered him, but they lost Billy Bowman. So schools are like, you know, they're, they're looking to add kids rather than assess them, you know, in person at games, which they can't do. They're looking at early film, you know, and looking at kids that have decommitted and is he a fit for us? And, you know, we never recruited the kid before, but we'll take a look. Um, I think he's a five, seven talent whether he was going to Kansas or whether he chooses Texas or whoever else, he's going to blow up with offers, but, but I don't know other than film and film film is still first because mm -hmm. it ads and helmets. And, but sometimes these kids play such horrible competition that they're just toying with people. Um, so then that's where the in-person evaluations come into play, where you can get kids from a regional camp to go against some some bodies that are also FBS scholarship kids and see how they can do, see what their work ethic's like and things like that. So it's a lot of guesswork this year. I, I still love film as an evaluation tool. I just wish it wasn't really the only one. We got through five camps. So we got through two in Florida, one in California, uh, one in Louisiana. I'm trying to think of the other, Dallas. We didn't get to Dallas. Houston. So we saw some kids in the spring and then it all shut down. Then we got to see some kids a little bit, you know, throughout the summer because some events popped up and the elite 11 popped up. And, um, but you know, usually we have a pretty long list of evaluations for each kid. And it's so short this year that a kid like that could be a five, seven, and we could be talking about a first rounder in the NFL, um, in, in three years because of his speed. So I don't know. I, I just think, Schools are looking more and more about numbers, not stats, because stats mean nothing. Numbers, you know, okay, this kid runs a 10, 600 meters. His film's good. His early film's good. He looks like he catch the ball. I don't know how big he is because I haven't seen him in person. Let's roll the dice on him and see what happens. So last thing here, we, we've talked to, we, we've mentioned big names. We've mentioned quarterbacks. Uh, we've talked about highly rated guys. Um, Real quick, how we're still a couple years out. How big of a deal is Arch Manning's recruitment going to be for Rivals.com? It's going to be ridiculous. Um, it's going to be top. <clears throat> you know, it's going to be, you know, Quinn Ewers is a 2022 kid who's committed to Texas right now. And, you know, there's rumors that if Texas loses it to Oklahoma, he might open up his recruitment already. <laughs> Herman's on the hot seat. But, you know, there are comparisons of Trevor Lawrence. You know, yeah. which, he's a good player, but he's not Trevor Lawrence. <clears throat> You're going to see all that with Manning, uh, Arch Manning. You know, I know ESPN's, you know, uh, doing a documentary on him. Uh, they got his game on. Uh, we've seen him in person. He's good. Mm -hmm. But the hype around him is going to be similar to. Can I throw a name out? Yeah, like, well, this is an old one, so. Mine's, mine's pretty old. All right, go ahead. I think it's going to be similar to the hype that Jimmy Clausen had. Similar. I was going to say Chris Sims, which is earlier than Clausen, but Chris Sims was like the next god of the world. <laughs> Supposed to go to Tennessee, and, you know, he ended up at Texas, and he didn't have a great career. Clausen had an okay career at Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, no, the offensive line was bad. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be like that. Um, maybe bigger than Clawson and, you know, Sims was the son of an NFL quarterback. And at the time in the late nineties, Phil Sims was kind of a big deal, you know, Super Bowl quarterback, 21 and 22, all that stuff. Uh, it'll be like that, but more, um, Clawson had a brother, two brothers. Um, but this is, 
this is a Manning. And this isn't even, you know, this isn't even Peyton or Eli, but it doesn't matter. It's a Manning. He's mm -hmm. tall. He's big. He's got a good arm. And it's going to be absolutely crazy. So the most hyped player in Rivals history was probably Jimmy Clausen because of the whole Hall of Fame ring thing. And <laughs> yeah, as compared, somebody said he was going to win. Ron Paulus was up there too because because he was predicted to win three Heisman's. But um, oh yeah, someone called Jimmy the LeBron James of high school football. So we're going to hear stupid stuff like that with yeah. me. Um, but it's going to be exciting, especially for Ole Miss, because he's going to end up, in my opinion, either at Ole Miss or Tennessee. I, I know everybody's coming after him. I know there's programs that offer him a better opportunity to win a national championship. But this is a family that really is tied into those two programs. So it's yeah. great those programs because, you know, how, how often Ole Miss got Shea Patterson. He didn't pan out the way they wanted him to. But how often does Ole Miss get involved with a five-star quarterback? Yeah, it's not I, not that I can actually legitimately think of. Um, Corral was, but he dropped his fifth star because he was a knucklehead. And I'm glad he taken the knucklehead part and thrown it away because there were so many red flags with him, like USC dropped him, Florida dropped him. And now he's looking like the five-star kid that we – I mean, I really like what I see out of him, and I think he has a tremendous future ahead of him. Patterson was his, his 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 brother was at Arizona and then he got a job at Ole Miss so he went over there. You know the, the family connection is very important, but in the history of rivals, Ole Miss has probably been involved with maybe two guys like that. Yeah, the only just thinking of five stars, I remember the 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 buzz, but it was never real. I don't think with Joe McKnight when Ed, Ed Orgeron was there. Um, yeah. Other five stars. I mean, you know, obviously Ole Miss has done well with, you know, Treadwell and, and, and you know, people like that that are five stars that have gone there. But quarterback is the one that moves the needle for everybody. So yeah. he's going to be a guy. He's going to be very hard to get to. It's going to be impossible to get interviews with him. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be all behind the scenes speculation and sources. Um, but it's going to be something that your site is going to cover from now until the day he makes his decision and probably be a daily arch manning thread on your board <laughs> well I, i'll ask you one last thing a follow-up here since they've been they've been pretty open and honest with the, with, the, with everything about recruiting they've said they're not doing it right now they're going to take it real slow they're going to let him decide you know what would stop him from just committing next year and just saying hey this is where i'm going i'm done don't ask me anything. That's it. I mean, do you think he would potentially do that, or do you think they're going to ride it out until his senior year? No, I, I don't think we see a Tim Tebow here. Tebow went down to the very end uh, for Alabama and Florida, and he didn't do it for the attention. He just did it because that's the way Tim Tebow handles things. I, I could very much see Arch Manning committing next year and locking in. Uh, if it's to one of those schools, if it's to Ole Miss or Tennessee, I could see him locking in and not changing his mind. But if it's to another school – you know, there's so many coaching changes are going to occur between now and the time that kid signs. Right. That not a family legacy school or, or something that's close to their heart. Um, he could commit early and then change his mind. But I don't think they want to play the game. You know, they're, they're, they've got enough attention in their lives. They don't need this kid under a microscope. So an early commitment might, you know, push everybody back a little bit. But as we've seen, with early commitments of five-star quarterbacks, things change. Brock Vandergriff is supposed to be in the Oklahoma class right now. He decided to go to Georgia. You know, um, five-star kids change their minds, and Arch Manning could as well, unless I think it's a legacy school. Yeah. Well, Mike, can't thank you enough. Um, I got your Twitter handle up here on the screen, but if you want to tell the folks uh, what you've got going on, whether that's Twitter, Rivals, whatever you guys have got cooking. <laughs> well, at Twitter, Rivals Mike, we got Rivals.com, obviously. We've got our YouTube channel. Go to Rivals.com on there and just click like or subscribe. What else do we have? We got Instagram. Rivals. You guys got the TikTok now. We got TikTok. I'm not involved in that much because I can't dance, but TikTok's <laughs> like we have more followers on TikTok than any other social media platform. So wow. we, <laughs> we love it. And you know, so Rivals TikTok, Rivals Instagram, Rivals Twitter, Rivals Facebook, um, you know, 
sites like yours, uh, just let yourself get addicted. You know, take the first couple of hits and then you'll just never stop. It's just ridiculously addicting recruiting. It is. Well, Mike, have a great Saturday. Enjoy football. I appreciate you joining, and uh, we'll do this again. This was fun. All right. Thanks. See ya. See ya. All right. That was Mike Farrell of Rivals.com, the National Recruiting Director. We also had Neil McCready on earlier from Rebel Grove, part of the Rivals Network as well. Thanks again to everybody who joined in. Um, hey, next week, feel free to jump in the chat, ask some questions. Next, uh, next couple of weeks, we have some guests lined up. When they are on, uh, we can do some live Q&A. We can do some uh, some lightning round type stuff. But we'll have some fun with it. But, uh, again, thank you to everyone who joined. Make sure to check out LandryFootball.com. Follow on Twitter. Follow on Twitch. Follow on Facebook, YouTube. Everywhere you get your podcast, subscribe to the Landry Football Conference Call. That is where you will find this podcast and others as well. So, thank you for joining Episode two, respect my decision. Really excited about this. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have more guests next week and the week after and the week after. So, Neil, Mike, I'm Zach. Thank you all for tuning in. Enjoy your Saturday. Enjoy college football. And we'll talk to you all next week. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.